Brenda Lane. An Underpinnings podcast is presented by Frederick and Kimberly's Aveda Salon in St. Joseph and Meister Witkowski Photography in Stevensville. Also sponsored by Full Circle Cafe and Espresso Bar in Stevensville. Simply stepping inside Frederick and Kimberly's Aveda Salon in St. Joseph will have you falling in love with the proprietary sense of Aveda products for hair, skin, and aromatherapy. Aveda products are environmentally friendly and millions already trust Aveda with their hair and body. However, due to coronavirus closure of non-essential businesses in Michigan, Frederick and Kimberly's is following that order for everyone's safety. To make sure you can still experience your favorite Aveda products, including Shampure, Cherry Almond, Beautifying Rosemary Mint, and Stress Fix, Visit frederickandkimberleys.com and click on shop. The shipping's free. So continue to shop Aveda for hair, body, and face at frederickandkimberleys.com. That's Frederick with a C. This is Brenda Lane, an underpinnings podcast. And today, as we continue in the coronavirus days, uh, hopefully they'll be shorter than we all than we all uh, expect. Our topic is going to be the new rent and mortgage payment program, or I guess RAMP for short. And uh, the people that can tell us all about it are two of the three partner organizations that are represented with me here today: Lisa Cripps Downey, president of the Bering Community Foundation and Rob Cleveland, president of Cornerstone Alliance. Also, the Southwestern Michigan Tourist Council is the third partner. Lisa, tell me about how this all happened. We began talking about the impact that the coronavirus is going to have on our small businesses. And I started talking with Rob, who's just in in the heart of all of this, working with these businesses, hearing about them all the time. And we wanted to make sure that we were able to support in a way that wasn't going to be duplicative of anything that the government is going to do. And mm-hmm. so Rob was really the the guiding force in what we should do and what is the best way to support our small businesses at this time. Well, Rob, I, I know that, um, you know, small businesses, well, even large businesses, but probably especially around here at small businesses that uh, amount to a lot of the people that you work with on a daily basis in your job as president of Cornerstone Alliance. And I'm sure that you've been hearing from people probably since early to mid-March about concerns and, and fears and, you know, people wondering about the continued health of their businesses. Yeah, I, I um, listen. I don't know that I can say it any better than Lisa. We could we could probably end the podcast right there. But um, now she did she did a fantastic job. And the bottom line was, it, the main thing here is to not be duplicative. Right. Um, it, it was to fill a gap, um, and it was to do to make sure we had an, an ease of access to to the funds and an easy application, and to make this something that people could easily access. So, um, so yeah, it was about filling a gap. And there are a number of programs available at the federal level. We've all heard about them, yeah. the, the, um, the CARES Act and the Paycheck Protection Program. And, and, and there's federal SBA dollars and Cornerstone Alliance is an SBA um, pro- provider in terms of uh, microloans. So we have some of those dollars. So we said to ourselves, 
what do we know there's going to be a need for? And we have a number of fantastic uh, businesses that, that are in, in the downtown areas and the commercial districts, and, and they're, they're driven heavily by tourism. Mm-hmm. And in many cases, these businesses don't own their buildings. So we said, you know, where the banks may de- be deferring payments, we have landlords who may still need those payments. So we thought this was going to be a good program and, um, uh, it wouldn't have happened. It, it absolutely would not have happened if if you don't get partners involved because the alliance certainly doesn't have. We have limited resources. The community foundation has limited resources, and so does this, the tourism council. Um, but by putting all of our resources together, we were able to develop a program that we know is going to help some people. Yeah, Lisa, that's a I guess the next place we need to go is you know where is the money going to come from to help these uh, these renter businesses and organizations. So the Cornerstone Lions Tourism Council and the Community Foundation are each putting money into into this program. And uh, Rob, I think you can speak to there's some other partners who are looking at this also as oh. we look at the as we look at the need. But so we we all put together our resources and then we put together a group that um, is going to review these applications. And, and make some decisions. I think it's also important to, to know we've been talking about small businesses. Those small businesses also include our small nonprofit organizations right. that are in the same situation. Mm-hmm. What is the criteria for uh, applying for the rent assistance, Lisa, for small businesses and nonprofit organizations? I am going to turn that one over to Rob. Uh, And I'm happy to pick that up with that one up. Thanks, Lisa. So she's right. And it is available to all businesses and nonprofits. And it's a single page fillable PDF application. I think we do have some who have filled in, uh, filled it in by hand and scanned it and returned it. And we'll consider that too. But we've tried to make it very easy. You can go on, fill out this application. It asks them for some very basic stuff. First of all, you know, where's your business, your location, how long you've been in business, um, and then just just some financial information. So, you know, what were your sales in 2018 and, and uh, or, or your revenues from a nonprofit standpoint? Um, you know, who's your landlord? Do you have a do you have a mortgage or a rent? What's that payment? And then we also want to make sure that we are. Um, we're providing payments for people who who are in a, a good business standing. So we're making sure that they they've paid their January and their February payments. Um, and and then um, then, yeah, it, it's that simple. And as Lisa mentioned, we have just a five person committee, a couple people from the alliance, uh, a person from the Tourism Council and a person from the Community Foundation. And, and it's, it really is um, it, it's simple and the intent, I think, of the important that everything we do at the Alliance, and I know at the Community Foundation as well, we always focus on the intent. What's the intent? The intent is to get dollars to people who need it. So we're going to hopefully approve an awful lot more of these than we deny. And even the ones that maybe we would deny, we're still going to try to work with, right, in some way. So the hope is to review them, make sure they meet the requirements, and and get them a check uh, very quickly. So Or... And and I guess the the key thing here too too to add is this group is going to be able to give them a quick approval to then be able to turn around to the company and say, look, your landlord is going to be getting a check in the next week, um, but just know that we've approved it and there's there's a payment coming. So you really are going to be able to make that that promise that it should be about a week before the money comes. 
Yeah, we uh, honestly, we have our, so the program went live on Tuesday. We have our first committee review meeting tomorrow on Thursday. So we've already gotten enough applications. We're going to meet two days. We will be able to give them an answer the following wow. day. And then we'll be able to make ACH transfers or checks available that next week. And then week. are you going to be doing that continuously every week as people re put in requests? Yeah, that is another great question. And something Lisa and I talked about from the beginning was making sure this is a rolling application. So the only deadline is when we run out of money. Um, which we hope we're not going to do, but, um, but yeah, so this is a rolling application. People are encouraged to fill to, to, uh, uh, get them into us and, you know, we'll meet, uh, we'll meet every couple of days or sooner if we have 40 applications that need to be reviewed. Um, Lisa, I know that all three of your partner organizations in this ramp, the rent and mortgage payment program, all have your own boards of directors. And, uh, you know, I, I know also from having been on many boards um, that sometimes, you know, urgent things come up and boards have to get together quickly and make decisions. And obviously with the isolation and no contact orders, I'm guessing that you've all had to be working on this project electronically and on the phone. Yes, we've done all, all the things that everybody is doing. We're doing the Zoom meetings. We're doing the, the, the email votes. We're doing all of those things. But everybody is being very understanding and saying we need to react very quickly and we need to look even farther down the road. What what are going to be the needs? How are, How is the recovery going to happen? Because we're not always going to be in the middle of this. So right. at the foundation, we're trying to look at what do we need to do to get through? And then what are going to be the ongoing needs as we as we go into recovery? Now, is this and you know, I, I, I might, go ahead, Rob. I, I might add there, uh, I, I might add there on Delisa's comment because um, she, she hit it right on the head. You know, uh, one of the things we haven't talked about and, and it's, it's fairly irrelevant from a public standpoint is the actual loan guarantee, right? Anytime you borrow money from a bank, you got to fill out a, a guarantee that you're going to repay the money. And so so the, that piece we've been working on as well and to that technology point. So we can't actually get that signed by hand, right? Mm -hmm. Because we can't see people. And and so that was a key component for us. And and there is a note that you have to fill out that says you're going to repay it, but you got to do all that digitally. And, and so we're working through those kinds of things, but we're not letting those challenges get in our way. It really is about um, making sure it's easy and making sure it's quick. Elisa, is this an actual fund now that is being set up through the Bering Community Foundation? No, this is a grant from the Bering Community Foundation to Cornerstone Alliance. And Cornerstone okay. Alliance setting up a, a fund to, to take care of those kind of mortgage or rent payments. All right. Now, you talked about small businesses and nonprofits. How are you actually defining small business and, and nonprofit organizations? There are some rather large nonprofits. Yeah, so so that's a great question, a really great question. And again, I think it speaks to the to the intent of the program is we're not defining it. Okay. So we're defining it as a business in Berrien County, a nonprofit in Berrien County, uh, that needs help with their rent or mortgage payment. And so we had considered putting a, a, a full-time equivalent uh, component to that. But quite honestly, again, some of these businesses are sole proprietorships. Uh, I'm just going to pull an example uh, like a, a, in the downtown St. Joe area. They may have one or two people working, maybe a husband and a mm -hmm. wife. Um, and, and so putting a 
a minimum of like five people on it would have eliminated some of those businesses that we know needed help. So it's it, all you got to do is be a business or a nonprofit in Berrien County and you can apply. Well, I know that a lot of people uh, are going to be very grateful that it's a relatively simple application. How can people access the application if they are a business or a nonprofit who could benefit from this and need some help right now? Well, I'll, uh, this is Rob. I'll start. So uh, it, there are a number of places you can get it. I, you can get it on the Cornerstone Alliance website, and that's a real easy to remember. It's GoMichigan, G-O-Michigan.com. And on the upper right-hand corner, the very last tab at the top says COVID-19 relief. And under that, there's a, a page that takes you to ramp. Um, and then right there, there are program details. There's infographics telling you about how, how the program, how easy the program is. But there's there's three buttons. It's it's an application, it's details, and then if, if you can't figure those out, there's also a, a, a link to a direct contact to a human being. The, uh, his name is Zach Vaughn, and Zach's managing this, this program for us. And so you can get, you can get those on the uh, Cornerstone Alliance website. And uh, I know the Southwestern Michigan Tourism Council pushed it out, and I know Lisa's pushed it out as well, and I'll let you yeah, talk about that. Yeah, same thing. We have a, on, on the Berrien Community Foundation website, berriencommunity.org. We have a COVID-19 response tab right in the middle of the website. And there's a link for the small business assistance and that's going to take you to that same application. We're just trying to make it as easy as possible for people. I think everybody's under enough stress right now. We don't need to add uh, technical difficulties or anything else to it. Well, I want to thank you for the speed with which you got this going. And I do have one other question that I just thought of. Rob, you mentioned that they already, they have to be in good standing already with their mortgages or with their landlords. You said that they had to have made sure that they had made their January and February payments. So this program would start with March payments then, or is it starting with April payments? Yeah. So, so that's a good question. We're, we're expecting if they've made uh, January and February payments, they probably have made March. Now, again, with the timing of this program uh, and being at the end of the month, if you make your payment on March 31st, um, you, you know, we weren't going to make you turn around um, a financial statement that said um, you, you made that payment. So um, it is for April okay. um, and it is hopefully for May. We hope we'll have the resources available. Um, and, and, and then, um, you know, if we have dollars going forward, we're not, um, uh, one of the things we should mention, um, the maximum we're willing to pay on any monthly basis is $2,000. Okay. You can apply again if you need help in, in a further month. So we're not limiting it to the, to the one-time payment. And one of the other things that we've really come around on and that we've learned a little bit about the program is, you know, most everybody's willing to help here and, and especially our lending institutions, our banks and our, our credit unions and they're deferring payments. But what, what they're not able to defer obviously is interest. So you're still paying interest. And, and so even if you're getting a deferral on your mortgage payment, more than likely you still have to pay your interest. And this program also goes if somebody has an interest payment that they would like to get oh, help with. Okay. So um, because that interest adds up over, if you don't pay interest for three months, um, the first couple months you're paying, that's all you're paying. So again, we knew that 
Maybe maybe uh, maybe they need help with with interest, but as long as it's for rent or mortgage, it's they're eligible. Lisa, I'm going to change gears just a little bit, and I, I know that this is something that also all of your organizations uh, jointly are are concerned about, and that is the census. I mean, it was already really a pretty significant issue even before the virus hit, and now there must be some concerns that with people's minds on other things and survival and health issues and trying to take care of kids at home, um, that the census might get forgotten, but it's really very, very important to the long-term health of our community. Uh, right. Financial, they, financial it, health. It, yes, it, it is. Yeah. We have uh, $44 million a year at risk right now that, that we anticipated being at risk of people not filling out their census. Now, um, as we were making contingency plans of what we needed to do, I, I a global pandemic was not in one of the list of issues that we thought we'd have to tackle this time through. But yeah. uh, so the, the census forms have gone out and we're starting to get initial numbers. And, and from where we were at this time in at the 2010 census, just getting, giving an idea, uh, you look at just say Coloma at this time, uh, from the census last in in 2010, Coloma had had a 73% response rate, self response rate before anybody went out. At this point, we're at 40%. And um, it's those kind of differences. We're seeing those kinds of differences throughout. Now, there's a couple of reasons. I think people just aren't thinking about it. Right. It, it really has gone to the bottom of that priority list. Now, um, we we're so we're seeing that pretty much across the board um right now in the state of michigan there is a 41 almost 42 percent self-response rate in Berrien county we're at a 39.6 percent self-response rate um so we're keeping pace with michigan but it's still it's still really low. Uh, what and, and that's percentage of households, not percentage of people, if that makes a, a difference. So the Census Bureau is doing some some things because of this. They are moving their schedule back about one month. For those who do not complete the census on their own, the census st staff will start knocking on doors on May 28th. That's the, the current schedule. So we, we do have a reprieve. It's not... It, it, it uh, hasn't been, oh, we're going to do the census next year, but they are pushing things back to give us a little bit more time. Really still encouraging folks, if you're home and if you have access to internet, to fill out your census. Uh, we had a lot of activities and Rob with Cornerstone, you guys were great partners with us in activities and, and events that we were going to have happen for folks who maybe didn't have access to the internet to fill out the census. And uh, so we still anticipate that some of those are going to happen. Those events will happen, but they'll just happen later. But for those people who are now they're at home and they can't go to the library and fill out the census, or they can't go to one of these events, they are, they're kind of stuck. And, and so yeah. we're hoping to make up that ground uh, as we, as we move forward. Rob, anything that you would like to add about the census? And I'm guessing that that May 28th date would also be subject to change depending on, you know, what's happening with the virus issue. Yeah, nothing more important um, right now outside of the coronavirus and everything we're dealing with. Outside of that, there's nothing more important than 
the uh, the the census. And I have personally uh, filled mine out the day I got it and returned it. And I would encourage everybody else to do so because Lisa's right. There's a lot at stake here. And um, we have we had an event planned. I think uh, the 14th of April, if I'm not mistaken, that Lisa's right. We had to postpone, and we spent a lot of time in planning that, and and we'll be ready for it to open. But uh, we just encourage everybody that that can to please fill out the the census. It's required by law, and it's it's an important, it's a very important thing for for our community. For anyone who maybe doesn't exactly understand the importance of the census, I think most people do know. Probably everybody knows that it is a a counting mechanism, but that mechanism. And, and the numbers that come out as a result of the census is how monies that come to our counties are based. Correct. There's so many things that are part of our everyday lives that are based on the census count. It's how we get funding for roads and for in- infrastructure. It's how we get funding for school lunches, for Pell Grants. Uh, it's how businesses determine whether they're going to locate in your area or leave your area, they use that census data. And it's just in the, for every individual, it's about $1,800 per person per year that of census funding that currently comes into our community. And if people choose not to fill out the census, those dollars will not come our, into our community. So that's not just, oh, this is extra dollars that we could get. These are dollars that are right now in our community that could go away if people choose to not fill out the census. And yeah, that's money that our county is entitled to. Absolutely. This is, yeah. this is getting our fair share of those state and federal dollars. And they're so important. It's really interesting when you think about the census as we look at Oh, here is your your census area. The census uh, census tracts are not oh the city of St. Joe and the township of you know it's it's not it's not done that way. The your the census tracts um, they grew up with our country, so they really are on they're drawn by rivers or they're drawn drawn by roads. So. Every the census has been part of our country since George Washington was president, and it it just goes into our community. It's like water; it it infiltrates every part of our of our lives, and it's so vital. Rob, I'm guessing that excuse me for economic development. Then the census really counts there too. Yeah, it's a, it, as Lisa mentioned, it's a huge mechanism, especially for some of our, our more urban areas with um, community development block grant dollars. And, and you know, it, it impacts um, our congressional seats and, and so many different things, um, whether it's the state, a uh, perfect example would be some of the state programs we work with, again, are based off the federal dollars and the the federal counts. Everything we do is based off of population. So, um, and and I'll tell you, um, one of the things I, I like to tell service clubs when I'm in front of Kiwanis or Rotary or those kinds of things, I, I usually get asked, "What's our biggest asset?" And I, and I'll tell you, here in Berrien County, the biggest asset is also the biggest problem, and that's the late that's Lake Michigan, um, because it's beautiful and wonderful and it draws people to the community. But from an economic development standpoint, they're always you, you, you look at the point where your factory is going to be and you draw a circle around yeah. to get workforce data and, and, and any, a number of things. And when you draw that circle, 40% of the circle is right. water. So it's important to make sure 
again, that everybody in our community is counted because those are those are uh, the demographics companies are using to make uh, to make location decisions. And um, so it, it impacts every aspect of everything. All right. Final question, Lisa, how can we make this as simple as possible for people that obviously do have, uh, in some cases, life and death situations that they're dealing with every day? How can we make this as simple as possible for people to understand how to respond to the census or how to be counted? The actual logistical, what do you do to make sure you're being counted? Okay. So there's the, you can go to our website, which is becountedbarian.org, right? And it's going to tell you everything you wanted to know about the census. You can click on there and you can fill out your census online. And that's going to take you to the my2020census.gov. You fill it out and you're done. Now, everyone was sent in uh, to their address and an identifier code. You can type in that code. If you have lost that letter or you didn't open that letter, uh, you can just still go online and type in your address and they will verify. I think it's really very important for everybody to know that the data that is put onto the census that, that you share with the census is confidential and it is confidential for 72 years. By law, your data cannot be shared with anyone. They can't be shared with with uh, your landlord. It can't be shared with the police. It can't be shared. It cannot be shared at all. That's by law. Uh, so going on to my2020census.gov and filling out that census, it's nine very basic questions. Usually takes about five minutes and it's done. They can also call. There's a toll-free number. It, in It's 844 844- 330-2020. And you can call that number and you can fill out your census by phone. Because of the virus, we are having, uh, there are fewer phone uh, representatives that are staffing that line. So you might have to wait a while. Much easier to do it online. All right. Thank you so much. Today, I've been talking with Lisa Cripps Downey, president of the Berrien Community Foundation and Rob Cleveland, president of Cornerstone Alliance. I hope that the two of you continue to stay safe. And I I want to thank you and send appreciation, not only from myself, but also from from the community for staying in there and working for all the people that live in Southwest Michigan. All right. Thank you, Brenda. Yeah, I appreciate being on and love getting, uh, love to talk about economic development, the great programs and partnerships uh, anytime. All right. And the rent and mortgage payment program, RAMP, is also a partnership with the Southwestern Michigan Tourist Council. And we talked about the census as well. And resources from today's interview will be available on our resource page at underpinningsmarketing.com. I'm Brenda Lane on Underpinnings Podcast. Hey, it's Brenda Lane. Question, who's one of the most passionate wedding photographers in the area, having photographed over 650 weddings and literally written not one, but two books on bridal photography and beauty? Who went from camera assistant at her professional photographer parents' knees as a child to chief photographer and now owner of the business? If you said Amy Witkowski of Meister Witkowski Photography in Stevensville, you're right. And that experience makes her ultra qualified for senior, baby, family, special occasion, corporate, product, and website photos as well. 
That's why Amy was my choice for my son's newborn pictures 19 years ago and just recently for Underpinnings Marketing. You can trust Amy Witkowski with your photo legacy. I did. Meister Witkowski Photography, Stevensville. Visit MeisterWitkowskiPhoto.com. Brenda Lane, an Underpinnings Podcast is presented by Frederick and Kimberly's Aveda Salon in St. Joseph and Meister Witkowski Photography in Stevensville. Also sponsored by Full Circle Cafe and Espresso Bar in Stevensville. To see resources related to this podcast, for sponsorship information, or suggest a topic, visit underpinningsmarketing.com. Follow Underpinnings Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Brenda Lane, an Underpinnings Podcast is produced by Jackie Beisel at Underpinnings Marketing. Thank you for listening and share with your friends.